I'm Stephen Baxter, and this is Santa Cruz Local. Wednesday night, we got our first glimpse into a report of possible workplace misconduct by two Santa Cruz City Council members. It was months in the making. The results? An independent investigator found two claims to be substantiated, one against Council Member Chris Crone and another against Council Member Drew Glover. We already knew that Mayor Martine Watkins was one of the accusers. This week, we found out that Councilmember Donna Myers and three female city staffers were the other accusers. Myers has since issued a statement about the report. Mayor Watkins said she felt bullied by Glover and Crone. Other women said they felt disrespected after different interactions with the two council members. The city's human resources department determined that the complaints were too complex to deal with in-house. So they hired an independent investigator to examine the claims. On Wednesday, the city released the investigator's report. We published a story about the report, as well as the full 237-page document, at santacruzlocal.org on Wednesday night. The backdrop of the conflict has been some difficult issues that the city council has had to deal with this year, things like homelessness and tenant protection rules and other contentious issues. Today, we want to highlight some of the results of the report. We talked to Drew Glover for his take, as well as other city council members involved, and the city manager. You also might remember that Drew Glover and Chris Crone are facing a potential recall effort. It's still in the signature gathering phase, and it's not clear if it'll appear on the ballot. Kara Meiberg-Guzman has been following the story. Kara, what were the claims that were deemed substantiated by the investigator in this report that came out this week? Let me just start out by saying that there were several complaints that were found to be not substantiated. That means that there wasn't enough evidence to either prove or disprove that a city policy was violated. Not substantiated is different from unfounded. Not substantiated is this kind of middle ground. So against Glover, there were seven complaints. Six of the complaints were not substantiated one was substantiated. Against Crone, there were six complaints, five were not substantiated, one was substantiated. So let's talk about the substantiated claims. The one against Glover had to do with council member Donna Myers and an interaction they had back in February outside the shared conference room at City Hall. Donna Myers had a meeting and Drew Glover had scheduled the conference room directly after hers. She had overstayed her scheduled time, she says by four minutes, Drew Glover says by 10 minutes. Either way, Myers said she was confronted in an aggressive way by Glover outside the meeting room. Like we wrote in the story last night, the independent investigator found that Myers' claim was substantiated. He wrote that Glover was, quote, needlessly and unjustifiably antagonistic to Councilmember Myers over the minor issue of her innocently overstaying her scheduled time by a few minutes. Okay, and you sat down with Glover today and talked about it. What was his take? Basically, he wasn't apologetic. He said, essentially, his style is to be direct. He didn't intend to offend Myers, but looking back now, he says, okay, maybe I should have had that conversation in private. I don't believe that there was anything that should have made anyone feel uncomfortable except for the fact that they were late leaving a room and that was impacting other people's schedules. What's Glover's explanation for why there's this friction between him and the other council members? Well, the investigator said as much in his report, and I think Glover agrees that it comes down to his communication style. 
Glover is pretty direct with how he talks. He's not afraid to speak his mind. The independent investigator, you know, call, described it as lacking diplomacy in some instances. Yeah, Glover said he's not afraid of conflict. He sees his role as a council member as one of representing the downtrodden, the people who have historically been underrepresented. There's the quote that um, when you when all you've known is privilege, then equality feels like oppression. And so we're in that situation right now where the city council has been incredibly privileged for generations. It has been represented by retired and or individually wealthy uh, property owners, uh, people that do not represent the low and middle uh, or specifically the low income people in the community. And they have use that platform to criminalize poverty in Santa Cruz through unjust and immoral policies addressing homelessness, uh, allow for the destruction of our transportation system with the metro, uh, make it so that there is no affordable housing in Santa Cruz, and so that low and middle income people can't even work in Santa Cruz because there's no jobs here. So we need to be calling it what it is. And in my opinion and perspective, and in the perspective of many of my constituents throughout the community, is that it's because of the approach of a privileged mindset. So I was elected specifically for that reason, was to bring a voice for the underrepresented to the dais, and I will continue to do that until the day I leave office. And Glover has told us that he believes these claims of misconduct are politically motivated, right? He says that because Myers and Watkins are politically aligned, and he sees the timing of the complaints as suspicious, since there has been talk of recall since his day one in office. But when I asked Myers and Watkins about this, they vehemently denied that this was politically motivated. Here's Mayor Martine Watkins. I had reached a point where I felt I could no longer um, not speak up as a leader of the organization, because what we know is that if we don't, as the, at the leadership level, acknowledge uh, or stay neutral when we experience and see things, that that leads into the organization and into the communities. Martine Watkins told me that she didn't know of Donna Myers's incident when she made her public statement. They made their complaints separately and independently. Um, Donna Myers told the city manager about the incident immediately after it happened. And also on Thursday, some city staffers still said they had problems with Glover, right? Yeah, so this is what happened. On on Thursday morning, city manager Martin Bernal sends a citywide email to all the staff saying that any communication with council member Glover has to either go through him the assistant city manager or any of the department heads that the staff were not supposed to speak with Glover directly from now on. What spurred that event? Um, I think we should correct some of the misinformation that's spreading around on social media. Um, It was not a complainant in the investigation. This is a different staffer who is not part of the investigation report. What happened was there was this meeting between Glover, Councilmember Sandy Brown, Vice Mayor Justin Cummings, and another city staffer about a resolution that they were drafting. Glover told me that he had said that the language of the resolution was weak and the staffer took offense to it. I reached out to the staffer, but she didn't want to comment. 
So that's all Glover's side of the investigation. For Chris Crone, he did have one substantiated misconduct claim against him, and he also responded to that. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we covered it in our previous episode, details emerge about the investigation report. So basically, there was one city staffer who was not named in the report. She was making a a presentation to the council when she said something to the effect of, in my professional opinion, at which point Crone interrupted with a scoff, sarcastic laugh, or snort. And it wasn't captured on video. It's not in the tape, but there was a witness who corroborated this staffer's complaint. And so the finding was that Crone was disrespectful, um, that his behavior was egregious because his snort, scoff, or laugh was directed at the messenger and not the message. But the investigator found that there wasn't enough evidence to either prove or disprove that it was because of gender bias. And Crone has struck a more conciliatory tone since then too, right? Yeah, so he issued a press release today. He said that he didn't recall the incident, but he has to assume that the staffer isn't making it up. He said, quote, I am assuming that I did utter a sound that sounded to the staff person as disrespectful. I apologize. Like we said, he was also accused of bullying by Mayor Martine Watkins. That claim was found to be not substantiated. Here's Chris Crone. I interviewed him on July 28 at the Santa Cruz local recording studio. I didn't feel like I did bully Mayor Watkins. I wouldn't bully Mayor Watkins. Um, I had... Since then, I've twice at least asked her to sit down and talk about city council and how things can go more smoothly at meetings. With the report being finished and made public, this is the end of a chapter. What happens next? So there were a couple of recommendations in the report. The big one is that the council is to undergo mediation. That's being scheduled right now. We don't know the approximate cost or timeline yet. Just to recap, how much did this investigation cost and how long did it take? So the independent investigation and related legal fees have cost about $18,000 so far. um, And the independent investigation spanned four months. So why is this important? What does this mean for the potential recall? You, You asked two questions. One, why is this important? I talked to city manager Martin Bernal this morning, and he said this is unprecedented that four city council members are involved in an HR investigation report, two accusers and two accused. We think that's a big deal and people should know the outcome of this report. You asked what is the impact on the recall. So one of the reasons that the recall campaign is listing for why Chris Crone should be recalled is that he gave us, Santa Cruz Local, early information about the results of the investigation. Some people in the public felt that it was improper for him to come forward with a preliminary report and give it to the media. However, the city manager, Martin Bernal, said that the confidentiality of the report was advised and not required. Yeah, and City of Santa Cruz HR director, Lisa Murphy, had told me that she had met with each of the people involved and that she told them that she would like the information to remain confidential as the city completes the process, but she couldn't control what each person said or did. If you'd like to read the full report, 
Go to santacruzlocal.org and click on our story. It's called Report Highlights Conflict Within Santa Cruz City Council. Before we go, we want to thank everyone who signed up to be a Santa Cruz Local member. We're four days into our two-week membership drive. As of Thursday night, we have 51 members. Thank you especially to our Guardian and Defender level members, Sharon Padilla, Tom Baxter, the Kelly family, and Elizabeth and David Doolin. And if you haven't already, sign up for our free email newsletter at santacruzlocal.org. This month, we're also sending out pertinent agenda items for government meetings every weekend. It's a new feature, and the idea is to get you watching and involved in local government. You can also follow us on Twitter at VSCLocal for live meeting coverage, and visit santacruzlocal.org to learn more about our company and find the transcripts to these episodes. I'm Stephen Baxter. Thanks for listening to Santa Cruz Local.